You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. Well, we are here at the 2009 Public Relations Society of America's International Conference in San Diego, and I am joined by my guest... Marco Herrera of Grupo Public. It is a uh, PR firm in Mexico City. And uh, you are here presenting on... In, in, in a panel. Okay. In a panel. Tell us about the panel discussion that you're involved with down here. Thank you, Eric, and uh, good morning to everyone. Uh, we are going to discuss about what's the situation of the public relations between Mexico and United States. Uh, what we are going to, to talk is about the different situations, the realities, the opportunities, and the pitfalls in each country uh, in the point of view of uh, public relations. Tell me a little bit about the, uh, the public relations marketplace in Mexico City. Paint a picture for us, if you would. Are there a lot of agencies? Is it a vibrant business? Uh, small agencies? Are there independent practitioners? Global firms? How does it work? Okay. One of the first issues that we have is we make public relations as any place in the world because we have the largest companies, the largest uh, multinationals company working in Mexico. Uh, in the other side, we have also the largest PR worldwide firms. And in the last countdown that we made in the, in the PR Mexican Association, we have 132 official agencies working in Mexico. Uh, we have something like uh, 3,200 people working in these agencies, and uh, it's, a, it's a market consolidated market because the, the first group of public relations agencies was created in, uh, in the 80s. Then in the 2000, with the implementation of all uh, web online and all this story that uh, the creation of Google, Yahoo, and this, we generate, the market generate a lot of other PR new firms. Till uh, today, we have 132. And who are some of the organizations that you work with at Grupo Public? Well, we work for uh, Harley-Davidson. Group RCI, Palm, uh, uh, the WEF, the World Economic Forum, and uh, another local uh, organizations. We, as a firm, work more for multinational companies, trying to offer PR in, in the international way to these uh, foreigner companies to help them with the reputation and image in our country. It's interesting because uh, you know Harley Davidson is such a traditionally American brand. Yes. And so I'd be curious to know uh, how does the international relationship between between the American government and the Mexican government influence your ability to promote an American brand? Well, it's like another part of the world. The American brands come into Mexico to develop a market to sell the products. 
they implement works, employees, and help the economy. And in that, in that situation, the Mexican government, their love to these American companies come, first of all, to Mexico to develop a market, to help in the, in the employees, to develop a, an economy in, in, in our country. And, and second, uh, as, a, as an example of Harley-Davidson, it's one of the largest brands around the world. And do you know how many fans that brand have in Mexico? It's not uh, difficult to promote a brand with the influence that Harley-Davidson have in the Mexican market. But, but if there are, um, if the U.S. is pursuing for unpopular foreign policy that's unpopular with Mexican citizens, does that make people less interested in an American brand? No. No. The, the, as in other places in the world, uh, you separate the brands of the political issues because the brands give you satisfaction. And the people don't mix, in, in, in a, many times, they don't mix about if it is an American brand and do not relate it with the problems that the two countries have. It's not a fact. In Mexico, you can find any kind of brands. We work it uh, to Motorola for, for the last five years. And uh, with all the situations, the political situations between the two countries, the sales never affected, never been affected. So I uh, am born and raised in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So there's a vibrant Mexican community in Los Angeles. The and, largest. And it's, uh, it, you know, they, in, when I was in high school, you could choose between French and Spanish. Yeah, yeah. And I was so foolish, I chose French, French. thinking, <laughs> oh, I'll be able to order escargot in French and impress my date. But, I mean, it, you, it's, it's really very unwise to be a Los Angelino and not speak Spanish. And now, of course, the uh, Latino population in the U.S. is the largest growing population. And I know there's a lot of communications that take place yes. between uh, the Latino community in the U.S. and in Mexico, Central America, and South America. And so I guess when you're executing a PR campaign mm -hmm. in Mexico City, do you ever try to influence the Latino population in the U.S. as a way of getting the message through them? to their networks. No, and, and let me tell you, this is a very interesting situation. In Mexico, when you make an, a PR campaign, you only focus to the Mexican in Mexico. Because the people who are coming to the United States, in the point of view of Mexicans in Mexico, they are more Americans than Mexicans. And As, as you mentioned, as you pointed, for you, it's like a people who come in from Mexico and live in your country, but they are not Americans. Yes. I saw in the last several years, I, I saw a big companies trying to make communications campaign, PR and also advertising. And they are doing these campaigns, especially for Latins in the U.S. because the mix creates a new culture and you can, uh, you can see it here in the United States the Latins and Mexicans here they are not more 
Mexicans, they are more, they are more Americans than Mexicans, and it's created a new kind of culture. There are specific agencies, advertising and also uh, PR, with special uh, messages to the Latins here in Mexico, because it's a new culture. What are some of the incorrect negative stereotypes that Americans have about Mexicans? Oh, that's a tough question. <laughs> you are talking about the people here or the people in Mexico? Well, let's start with the people here and then let's talk about the people in Mexico. <laughs> well, uh, it's a really tough because I think there's two kind of uh, different Mexicans here. The guys who mixed with the culture and they live like Americans. And the guys who trying to maintain the culture. And I think, in my experience, I worked in a bank uh, 10 years ago and we made some campaigns in LA for the Mexicans here. The second group is the group who creates the negative image of the Mexicans because they don't like to, to, to be part of this country. And that's the, the, the way that they are fighting against the American culture. The other, they are very mixed and live like uh, any kind of immigrant that this country have. What challenges does that present you as serving, when you, if you're serving the needs of an American brand and your client has these incorrect negative stereotypes, I mean, does that ever happen? And if so, how do you bust through that and what are the stereotypes? Well, let me tell you, this is the most important thing that I, as a Mexican, enjoy to do that. Because the Americans sometimes have two, two big issues. The first one, they, the Americans believe that all the countries are in the same way that U.S. And this is told by Americans, not by Mexicans. And the second one is, with all these negative issues, they come to Mexico thinking like we are a country like Africa or these stereotypes that you saw in the, in the movies. And when they come to Mexico City, for example, and work with companies like mine, <clears throat> they realize that we are professional, that we are doing PR in the high levels of uh, any company in Mexico, and they love to work with some Mexican companies because they have, and let me put it in these words, the best of the best. Why? Because in one company, they find all the, the resolve of their problems. For my clients, for my American clients, I resolve on time, I resolve fast, and in a very professional way, and they love to do that. I worked five years with Motorola. I worked five, three years with RCI Group. I worked 
six years for World Economic Forum. Why? Because as a Mexican professionals in PR, we are doing the things in the right way. And you forget the negative. There was uh, that uh, movie that came out a few years back with Denzel Washington, Man on Fire. Yes. And I, ma- I know it was, it was uh, f- famous for killing the t- tourism trade. Yes. I know I've been going you know, to Mexico uh, pretty much for vacations my whole life. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, I was scared. I would be curious to know what the impact of the drug trade is now on Mexican tourism. Well, that bad image is uh, damaging the, the tourism. As you said, uh, it's happening in all the world. And this is a problem because the news that Mexico is showing to all the world are the bad news. And this is a guilty of part of the media because they give more impact to the bad news than the good news. And this is what it's been seen around the world. I always, when somebody asks me about this, I said, I live there. I don't have... There's an insecurity, yes, but if you have the right things to do it, you don't have any problems. I have two kids, a wife, and uh, we live over there, uh, and we don't have problems. The problem is this kind of the situation uh, is what is the first news about Mexico. And is yes, it's damaging a lot, the, the image of the country. On the other hand, I think, and this is one thing that we are fighting as a Mexican and as a professionals of PR, pushing the government to make the right public relations campaign for the image of the, to improve the image of the, of the country. You know, we see periodically stories in the uh, news, newspaper and the media here in the U.S. about uh, well-intentioned journalists in Mexico, particularly, who maybe uh, tried to use the press to blow the whistle on corruption. And in many cases, they are hunted down and executed, killed. Yes, that's... Uh... We hear, obviously, we don't hear about all the good cases. If it bleeds, it leads, and that's what we hear about here. Um, I don't want to address that. That's not my question. My question is, as a public relations person, you are engaged in media relations. You're dealing with the media. You're pitching stories to the media. So, I mean, I must think, as a media professional myself, that 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 there may be a degree of corruption in the media. Maybe that would allow me to buy a story or, you know, maybe that would uh, allow journalists to be bought by my competitors, that type of thing. I mean, I understand, you know, there's only so much you can say about this question in a podcast like this, you know, and we all get that. But I guess, is there any sort of rules of the road for media relations engagement in Mexico where... You know, there is corruption at this level. And I'm not saying there's not corruption here. There may be here as well. I'm not singling out Mexico. I, I, I don't want it to be seen as that way. Mm-hmm. But I am curious to know, as somebody who's in that world, who's handling one of the biggest brands in the world, and who's dealing with a media where, you know, there is not always openness, uh, what are the rules of the road? 
let me tell you the story. I started my PR career 32, 33 years ago. And my first job was in a public bank in Mexico. I was a student and uh, I worked in a, a PR and press office. In that moment, as a corporate policy of that bank, they put money in the envelopes to send to the journalist. Part one. Part two, as a private consultant in PR, I have my company uh, in the last 13 years. In, and in these 13 years, uh, I never paid anything to any journalist. Okay? And with this, I'm, I'm trying to tell you that we have the both of the best worlds. We have uh, big um, newspapers with uh, ethical um, policies that they don't accept anything. But in some states, the newspapers don't leave if they don't receive money of the government. That's the different point of view. And if you are owner of a newspaper where the economy is not so developed, obviously the government is going to officially, I'm not talking about corruption, I'm talking about officially investment to make diffusion, diffusion of their actions. Maybe you can see like a corruption, but it's a regular practice. Means that we have the, the both things on the, on the, of the world. And let me tell you a story that it was in the newspaper three days ago. The, the president of the deputy chambers in Mexico, the federal government, announced that they are cutting off the economical support to the journalist in the deputy chamber. I think this is another step to clean out the house about this kind of uh, practices. Final question uh, to someone who I would uh, expect to be extremely connected inside of Mexico City. When I used to go, the Nico was the place to stay. Yeah. Where's the place to stay these days? Still the Nico? No. Uh, if you remember the Nico, the, the street of the Nico in Chapultepec. In Chapultepec, yes. Well, next to the to the to the Nico is a, a intercontinental hotel. Right. Next, right now, it's the Marriott Hotel. Oh. And the, next, that's it's new. The Marriott. The W. Oh, they have hotel. a W now. Okay. Yes. All right. And you have a bar of four hotels. Okay. And uh, the street is the place where to be. Right. And there's another new neighborhood, like Soho in New York. Okay. Name it the Condesa. 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 Can you spell it? It's C-O-N-D-E-S-A. And that's a hot neighborhood to be? It's the hot neighborhood to be. Where's the Ritz, isn't there? Or there's a Four Seasons there now, It's right? a Four Seasons. That's where the Four Seasons is? No. It's uh, like uh, 30 minutes about the Four Seasons. So Four Seasons, Zona Rosa? 
Four Seasons, no. Four Seasons is in the beginning of Chapultepec. Okay. In, in the Reforma Avenue. Okay. Yeah, but the place, and it's like a neighborhood like uh, Soho, is in Condesa. This nice restaurant with the highest uh, kitchens and beautiful places. Are there hotels there? Small ones, uh, concept hotels, uh-huh. uh, small ones and uh, beautiful. It's, uh, it's an old neighborhood. It's one of the oldest neighborhoods in town. And uh, where's, what's the best Argentinian barbecue in town right now? Let me tell you, this, this is a, a fancy um, fashion that we have. We have right now something like uh, 15 or 20 different restaurants of uh, Argentinian food. Uh, the best are in Polanco. That is next of uh, for the Nico uh, location, in, in also in Chapultepec, Polanco. Any uh, other tips you can give us about, uh, you know, if I was going to Mexico City tomorrow, I wouldn't want to miss something new, something that's really fresh and hot now. Well, there's a neighborhood uh, named Santa Fe with uh, also nice restaurant, malls, and uh, beautiful houses. And it is another place uh, to be. And, and the last recommendation is coming to Mexico, nothing's happened. Please visit us. <laughs> uh, Marco Herrero, president of Grupo Public, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Eric, and a pleasure to be here. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.